This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. Tonight on Quiet, Please, we'll hear a story about a writer who becomes frightened when his typewriter starts operating all by itself and writing good stories to boot. Quiet, please. Quiet, please. Cooper and featuring Ernest Chappell is called Bring Me to Life. What do you want $3 for? The milkman. You had some money last night. I got 80 cents. Thanks. Uh, listen, Ruthie, give me an idea for a character. I haven't got any ideas for characters. Haven't you really got $3? He's been here twice. Give him a check. What I want's a character for this script. The only one I can think of now is the milkman. You get to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, get to work. 
Sure, sure. If I get a character, I'll get to work. That's all I need. Then I'll get a story all right. I think. Come on, character. Come on, character. Yeah, I know what you want. I said I haven't got three dollars. Oh, come on in, Ruth. What are you... What's the matter with you? Come on in, I... Ruth! You calling me? Didn't you knock at this door? Are you crazy? Well, I thought I heard somebody. All right, all right. that get on that paper? Bring me to life. I didn't write that. No, I did. Ruth! Ruthie! Hey, Ruthie! What's the matter? Ruthie, come here. Come here, quick. What's the matter with you? Come here. Look at my typewriter. Well, what about it? Well, look, look what's on the paper. Bring me to life. What's strange about that? Well, I didn't write it. What? Are you... Look, look. See what it's doing? Underlining those words. How are you doing that? Not, I tell you. Look, I said I didn't write it, and the typewriter just said, no, I did. Who is it? I don't... A-R-A-C-T-E-R. Character. Now, look. This is a gag of some kind. How are you doing it? I tell you, it isn't a gag. That that typewriter's haunted. This is impossible now, I tell you. It is, huh? Well, look at it. Bring me to life. You see? Smart guy. It's a great trick. How do you do it? Ruth, I swear to... I swear I'm not doing it. You are, too. Look, now, wait. Wait a minute. I'll go way over here, and you'll see. Now, it'll write. It'll write. Watch now. I knew it was a gag. Listen, I've got housework to do. Now, you go on and get that script written. Oh, go it, Ruth. I... I have to think up a character first. There it goes again. It says me, 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 me. All right, there's your character. Right about him. Do you really suppose... That... Now, look, darling. I've been married to a writer long enough to believe almost anything. I don't know how this is done, but it's worth trying, isn't it? Well, I don't like to monkey with things like that. Oh, don't be silly. Well, it's... Wait a minute. It's one thing to write about supernatural things. It's... Well, it's another to experience them. You've always been wishing you had a typewriter that'd do your script for you. Now you got it. Go ahead. Yes, but... uh, How do I know who this is? Who? Well, this character or whatever he is. Well, you decide. You bring him to life. Go ahead. Who should he be? Well, a pirate. Uh, I don't know anything about pirates. 
Hmm? What? It says, I do. Go ahead. I don't like it. Go ahead. Unless this is a gag. It's no gag. Right. Well. It was a dark and stormy night. What's that? Sounds like thunder. My gosh, does this thing control the weather, too? Go on. Write some more. This is getting interesting. Well, I... All right. Nothing's happening. What did you write? Here. Read it. The pirate ship scudded through the roaring waves, all her sails straining under the howling wind. Do you smell anything? Smell? Yeah, I sure do. It smells like the ocean. Go on. Read some more, Ruth. I I think I know how this works now. Well, what do you mean? I think you have to read it to make it happen. Well, you read it then. Uh, no, you. I-, I don't want to read it. I'm scared. I don't like it either. Look, the typewriter. It says, read it. Well? Well, uh, Captain Jabez Thorne Scourge of the Spanish Main. Scourge of the Spanish Main slowly climbed the steps of the companionway. Uh, companionway? There's, there's somebody coming up the stairs. You know there aren't any stairs in this house. Oh, read some more. And flung open the door. Oh. He... Gazed on the wild scene for a second and drew his cutlass. What? What's that? My Swedish crystal vase. It, it fell down. He knocked it off with that that cutlass or whatever it is. That vase cost forty-two dollars. Well, I couldn't help it, honey. You do something about it. Oh, my beautiful vase. And there isn't another one like it in the world. Well, what can I do? For God's sakes, honey, I can't help. Wait a minute. Wait. He returned the cutlass to its scabbard. You see? That doesn't bring back my vase. Well, listen. He turned to the beautiful girl at his side. Hey, don't read that. And put out his arm. Oh, what? hands. What? What's the matter? Hands. Great big hands. Oh. Ruth, what's happening? Ruth. Somebody kissed me with, with Ruth, no, no. Stop. You. Ruth, stop. I'll stop him. There's your pirate. Oh, Ruth. 
Well, my friends, that all happened a week ago. Sure, it really happened. No, I haven't got any explanation for it. All I know is that that stuff appeared on my typewriter. All the other things happened just the way you've heard them. And Ruth made the pirate disappear when she tore up the sheet of paper. All I know is it gave me a good idea for a story about a pirate, and I wrote it. People thought it was swell. And here it is deadline time again, and me without an idea again, and... Any minute that Hank Viscardi will be on that phone again asking for my script. <laughs> you see? Getting psychic. Oh, okay. Hello, Hank. How did you know it was me? I always know when it's script day. I've only got about three pages to go, Hank. When do I get it? Tomorrow morning for sure. Okay. See that you do. Okay, Hank. You'll get it. You get it. Here we go again. Here we go again. What do I write about this time? Oh, no. No, not about pirates again. <laughs> now, let me think. No, that's not for me. I, I don't like love stories. don't want war stories. Uh, how about a whodunit? Uh, a crime story, a, a murderer, detective, spies, maybe. Calling all cars. <laughs> yeah, maybe I could do that. No, awful lot of whodunits on the networks, though. One more won't hurt him. Let's go. Ah, now for a character. Character. I wonder. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. She's asleep after the way she murdered my pirate. <laughs> you know, this could turn out to be a great racket. Have your characters write your stories for them. <laughs> the only thing is, you have to be careful what I put down on paper. Don't want to find myself getting choked to death by somebody I brought to life. Hey, hey what am I saying? Well, let's see what happens. Page one. You know, you don't have to believe this, friends. <laughs> I'm not so sure I believe it either, even though... I've been mixed up with supernatural stories for so long, I guess I'm a sucker for them. Maybe all that didn't happen. Maybe Ruthie and I dreamed it. The only thing is, two people don't usually dream the same dream at the same time, you know. <laughs> and that Swedish crystal vase of hers is sure busted... You know, I didn't do it. Okay, hypnotism, maybe. Okay, hypnotism or something. And I'm going to try it again. Sure, just relax. 
But we'll see who will do the laughing, huh? Me or you? How's your imagination? Mine's all right, thank you. So, shut up a minute while I try this out. Keep quiet and let's see what happens, okay? Hey, character. Character. Come on, character. Come on, character. What? No, I did that. It wasn't the character. I just wrote, are you there? Let me see if he answers. Come on, character. I need a story. You helped me the other day, character. Help me now. Come on, come on. Come to life. Character, you hear me? Come on, pal, I need help. Don't be mad at me. Pirate? Romantic guy. Well, soldier. Jump. So I can't pull a character out of the air like that. Okay. So go on and laugh. I'm sorry. And if you were sitting around waiting in the country at this time of night, all alone, your wife's sound asleep, and this is the only light in the house, and you've got to write a supernatural story before morning. Try it sometime, friend. Just keep quiet and let me try to work, huh? You got nothing to do but listen to the radio. How'd you like to have to write those things you listen to, huh? In the middle of the night. All alone by yourself. Okay. Quiet, please. Huh? Listen to this. I am alone. I am alone in a great dark house with only the weird wail of the wind and the whispering willows. Uh, You think that's too much alliteration? Weird wail of wind, whispering willows? I kind of like it. In the whispering willows to keep me somber company. That's okay, huh? Maybe I'll get a story yet. Just keep quiet. I sure wish that character would give me a hand, though. Now, what could happen to a guy sitting here like I am? Let's see. What could happen? Could be a ghost? Nah, nah, no ghost chains clanking and stuff, corny sound effects. No, no. A burglar. No, no. Burger might be good. Uh, I wouldn't know what to do about a burger, though. We haven't got anything worth stealing around here. Besides, burgers are kind of corny, too, aren't they? You know, uh, you always think of a fat guy in a mask with an old-fashioned dark lantern and a bag over his shoulder. Uh, like those fellas, uh, John Codgers. Uh, what's the name of the fellow that does it? Larry Reynolds? The big fat guy and the little old one. <laughs> now, burglars are funny. Burglars are out. Well, what the... 
Who'd come sneaking into your house in the middle of the night? Let me see. Let's see. Hey, uh, what about an escaped convict? An escaped convict? That'd be all right, wouldn't it? Uh-huh. You can do a lot of things with an escaped convict. Guy's wife asleep. You know, a desperate character. I could have left the door unlocked. He could have sneaked in. I'd never know it. He could be looking over my shoulder right now. Hey, stop that. Scare myself to death. Hey, this will be all right. This will be all right. He, uh... Let's see. He could have sneaked into Ruthie's room. Oh, did I wake you, Ruthie? Oh, I'm sorry. Talking to myself. <laughs> Ruth! Ruth! What's the matter, darling? Where's the light? Never mind the light, mister. And you shut up right now. I said shut up. Quiet now. Stop it. Stop it. And I won't hurt you. Now stop. You you hurt my husband. He'll be all right now. Just keep quiet a minute. Who are you? Ma'am, I just crashed out of the big house, as they say in the movies. You... I am an escaped convict, ma'am. And for your information, I am a pretty desperate escaped convict. Where's your husband keep his clothes? What? I'm still wearing the clothes the state thoughtfully provides for convicted murderers, ma'am, and they're rather conspicuous. I need a change. Which is his closet? You you killed him? No, ma'am, I didn't kill him, but I may do that yet if I don't get a little cooperation out of you. Oh, let me out. Oh, you just sit there and tell me where to find his other suit. Where's the light? Hmm... You're very pretty. Let me go to my husband. No, darling. No, I got other plans for you. Is uh, this his closet? Uh, oh, yeah. Nice little suit. Yeah, I, I like this one. Yeah. Uh, a little on the large side for me, but you can shut your eyes while I change. Uh, I'll need a shirt, too. What are you going to do? Well, I'll tell you. First, I'm going to get into this nice, new, oversized suit of clothes. Let me see if he's all right. Sorry. Nice shirt. Sorry, no. I don't think he's dead. And uh, even if he is, he can't hang me more than once, you know. Please, please. Be still. I said be still. Listen, ma'am, don't be misled because I'm treating you nicely. I am really a very rough person. You might have read about me in the papers. Oh, please, won't you? No. Now, shut up or I'll have to shut you up. What are you... As soon as I get these clothes adjusted, I'm going to leave here, ma'am. Well, then can I... And I'm going to take you with me. No. You see, they're out after me already and they want me pretty badly. They have rifles and shotguns, ma'am, and... They won't hesitate to use them. That is, unless there's a lady present. You see? Now, now a necktie. You're not... Shh, please, please. Hmm. Nice tie, this. Very nice. Uh, You see, if I might be so crude, I intend to take you along for a kind of shield, ma'am. The boys won't shoot you, understand, if there's a possibility of putting a bullet through you. So I suggest you get up and get a coat or something. It's getting quite a lot cooler out. I said get up. I won't. Ma'am, you better. Oh, please. 
please let me see my husband. I told you it'd be all right. And if you're a good girl, you might get back to him one of these days. If you're not, uh, does your husband wear hats? If you're not, you might not. Come on. Get up. I won't. I suppose it was Ruth screaming that brought me back through the darkness to a kind of semi-consciousness. The light was still on in their room. I could hear them talking. He's still out cold, man. I kept my eyes shut. I, I don't know why. I suppose I ought to have got up and helped Ruth. I was still pretty groggy. I just lay there. I could hear them. Come on, come on, ma'am. I haven't got much time to wait. I'm not going. I, I got my eyes open just a little then, and I could see Ruth with her heavy coat thrown around her, and... He had her by the hand and he was pulling her toward the door. Come on, come on, come on. No, no. Come on. Seemed to be a long time before I could get up on one elbow. My head hurt. I wasn't sure what happened. Ruth was gone. Who was the man I saw dragging her away? I, I tried to think. Finally, the fog cleared away enough so I could figure out what to do. Seemed hours later that I got to my feet. I staggered out to the other room where I'd been working with my typewriter. I should do something I knew. But what should I do? My mind wouldn't work. I wanted to go after them, but something stopped me. Something wouldn't let me go. I didn't know what it was. Something was making a noise through the ringing in my ears. And at last I recognized the sound it was my typewriter. I fell down as I staggered across to it. I, I crawled the rest of the way, forced myself to look at the paper. The keys were tapping away, and slowly, painfully, I read the words Bring me to life. Bring me to life. Bring who to life? Me, 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 me. And at last, my pirate. Come on, character. Come on, pirate. Hurry, hurry, it said. Painfully, oh, so painfully. I got one hand on the keyboard. The letters were blurred. But I found them. The pirate comes in, draws, cutlass, sees, enemy. Goes to rescue through French window. Pursues enemy. Enemy frightened. White nose. Rescue coming. Pirate raises cutlass. Yeah, I'm on bail now. On bail. 
It was pretty hard to explain a dead man wearing my clothes in my garage. Dead from the wicked, slashing blows of a great sword, a, a cutlass. Hard to explain. That's impossible. You believe it? I believe it. Ruth believes it. And that's the whole story. Thanks, character. Good night, character. You have listened to Bring Me to Life, a quiet please story written and directed by Willis Cooper. The man who talked to you was Ernest Chappell. Dan Ruth was played by Helen Marcy. Walter Black was the murderer. The man on the telephone was Warren Bryan. The music was composed and played by Gene Brazo. And the character? And now for a word about next week's Quiet Please. Here is our writer-director, Willis Cooper. Next week's story is called A Mile High and a Mile Deep. It's a story about the copper mines in the mountains above Butte, Montana, and the people who work there. Stay tuned for George Burns and Gracie Allen next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for George Burns and Gracie Allen. Tonight, Gracie winds up blackmailing Jack Benny. Well, hello. Come right in. Oh, George, we've got company. This is Bill Goodwin, speaking for Lever Brothers, makers of Swan, the new white floating soap that's pure as fine Castiles. Well, it's Tuesday night again, time for another pleasant visit with George Burns and Gracie Allen, our guests, Jack Benny, Jimmy Cash, Felix Mills and his orchestra, and the Swan Tech. And now, meet the people who live in the Burns house, George and Gracie. Well, it's morning in the Burns home, and George is just coming downstairs to leave for the office. Good morning, dear. Good morning, darling. Look what the postman just brought you. A present from Pat O'Brien. Oh. I bet Pat is sorry he started that rumor about me being a juggler. Open the package, dear. All right. I met him yesterday, and I told him a few jokes. I guess that convinced him I was a comedian. <laughs> what, uh, what are you laughing about? What's in the package? A set of Indian clubs. <laughs> <laughs> Next time I get my hands on that oh, Irishman, believe me. Oh, George. Before long, everybody will know that you're not a juggler. They'll know you for what you really are. And, uh, what, uh, what is that? Well, a singer, of course. Oh, oh that. Oh, sure. I-, I wrote to our sponsor and suggested that you sing on our program every week. That's the twelfth time. Yeah, but this time he answered. Say, that's a good sign. Open the letter. Mm, wait till Bing Crosby hears you sing. He'll retire and start to raise a family. <laughs> Oh, Gracie, I'm not better than Crosby. As good, maybe, but, uh, well, <laughs> open the letter. What does the sponsor say? Believe me, there are plenty of other big programs that would like to have George Burns as a singer. Gracie, the letter, open it. Well? George, what are some of the other big programs? <laughs> Turn me down again, huh? Oh, never mind, dear. You're a great singer. Even Bill Goodwin said, with a voice like yours, you ought to sing in our big army show. Army show? Yes, it's in charge of some officer named Major Bose. 
I'll forget it. <clears throat> I'd better get along to the office. Yeah, I'll ride down in the bus with you. I have an appointment at the beauty shop. Okay, let's go. No way. Uh, before we leave, won't you sing something just for me? Oh, Grace. Oh, please, dear. Just one little glorious burst of melody. Well, all right. <clears throat> just a gigolo. Everywhere I go, people know the part I'm playing. Oh, oh. God, you're wonderful. I won't be happy until your voice leaves the whole world the way it leaves me, weak and limp. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, come on, I'm due at the beauty shop in five minutes. be today, Mrs. Burns, a shampoo and set? Oh, yes, and I'm kind of in a hurry, Josie. Well, I'll do my best, Mrs. Burns, but we're short-handed, and I have to work on the customer in the next booth, too. The old horse face, I hope he chokes. He? You mean there's a man in the next booth? Well, sort of a man. Josie, where are you? Oh, that's him. I wish he'd go sit on a hot curling iron. Josie, come back here. This finger wave of mine stinks. <laughs> Josie, do you hear me? This finger wave stinks. All right, all right. Leave your hair on the table and I'll do it over again. <laughs> no, Josie. I'm sure I know that man. What's his name? I'm not allowed to tell, Mrs. Burns. The old goat scared the newspapers might find out he goes to a beauty shop. Oh, come on, Josie. Give me a little hint. Well, he's the stingiest man in Hollywood. Oh, stingy, huh? And how. When he gets a mud pack, we have to save the mud for him so he can put it in his victory garden. <laughs> Funny. I can't get it from that. Give me another hint. Well, let's see. Uh, uh, he used to drive an old broken-down Maxwell. Uh, no, it's no use. I can't guess who it is. <laughs> You're not missing anything. He's tried to date every girl in town, and nobody will go out with him. Oh. Oh, hello, Jack. How's Mary? <laughs> Gracie, is that you? Well, yeah, come on into my book, Jack. Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> hello. Hello, Gracie. I... Guess you're surprised to see me here. Well, yes, I am. Well, you see, Mary lost her bobby pin the last time she was here. I, <laughs> I dropped by to look for it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what the bobby pin situation is terrible. Oh, sure. I bet you thought I was here to get a beauty treatment. <laughs> <laughs> Gracie, you sound like you don't believe me. <laughs> Maybe that's because I don't. <laughs> well, if I'm lying, may something terrible happen to Phil Harris. <laughs> oh, uh, Mr. Benny. Yes? Here's your mud. I wrapped it up for you. <laughs> oh, well. Phil always played too loud anyway. <laughs> well, Jack Benny in a beauty shop. <laughs> Wait till the girls hear this. Now, Gracie, look. Listen, you must oh, promise girls, me. I brought your swan soap. Oh, hello, Gracie. Oh, hello, Bill. Why, Jack Benny, what are you doing here? Well, I'll tell you, Bill. He's well, Bill Goodwin in a beauty shop. Wait till the girls hear this, huh, Gracie? Wait a minute. I just came over to bring some swan soap. Well, Bill, I... Oh, Bill Goodwin has beauty treatments. That's really something to tell the girls, huh, Gracie? Hey, look. The operators here use swan soap. 
Not only because it's so mild for the customer's complexion, but because that same mildness makes it great at home. For the dishes, light laundry, or for bathing the baby. Swan's the new white floating soap that's four swell soaps in one. Well, Bill, well, Bill, Bill Goodwin and a beauty child. <laughs> really, I, I thought that curly hair wasn't natural. Yeah. Now, wait a minute. No girl in this shop has ever laid a hand on me. Except, of course, after working hours. <laughs> oh. What are you doing here, Benny? Oh, well, I'll tell you, Bill. Jack is... So, Bill Goodwin and a beauty <laughs> Manicures and everything I am not My hands just happen to look gorgeous Because I always wash my dishes with Swan Oh Swan is great for washing the dishes Gives you loads of suds Suds that are so mild and gentle Your hands don't get that rough red dish panty look Well, Bill Bill Good one in a beauty shop And to have his eyebrows plucked, that's something, isn't it? Now, look, Jack, I told you, I just came here to deliver some swan soap. Swan's a great wartime buy. What I want to know is, what's Jack Benny doing here? Well, I'll tell you, Bill. Well, Bill, go... Oh, nuts, goodbye. (laughs) Gracie, Gracie, look, for heaven's sake, don't let out my secret. I mean, I don't want everyone I meet to know I've been taking beauty treatment. Oh, don't worry, Jack. They'll never suspect it. <laughs> well, anyway, don't you tell. You know, if the newspapers get hold of it, I'm cooked. And you know how the gang would kid me on my program. Oh, yeah, your program. Uh, Jack, you don't want this to get in the papers, huh? No, I- I'll do anything to keep it out, Gracie, anything. Oh, good. Uh, starting Sunday, Jack, George will sing on your program. <laughs> George? Yes. Sing? Uh Uh-huh. Gracie, I've heard prettier noises come out of Carmen Lombardo. (laughs) I see. Well, excuse me, Jack. I'm going to telephone a little news item to the paper. Wait, wait. Oh, you mean George Bird? Yes. Oh, George, your husband. Yes. Old Sugar Throw. George. Oh. Oh, well, I I don't suppose it would hurt if George sang on my program once. Well, I was thinking of having him sing every week. No, no, no No, well, I'll call the paper But Gracie, this is blackmail <laughs> I know, cute of me, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, cute, cute The Swantet joins our popular tenor, Jimmy Cash In an enchanting ballad from the top musical show of the year Oklahoma Oh, what a beautiful morning 
Burns home now. Jack Benny is pleading with Gracie to change her mind as they wait for George to come home from the office. But, but why does it have to be my program, Gracie? I mean, why don't you have George sing on Eddie Cantor's program? Well, because I didn't catch Eddie Cantor in a beauty shop with his toupee and Carla's. <laughs> hey, there must be some other show he can go on. Maybe, maybe Gabriel Heater needs to sing. <laughs> or Mr. Anthony. I mean, why don't you let George be his problem? Oh, uh, you, you amaze me. How can Jack Benny, who has the greatest talent in the world, fail to recognize George's talent? Oh, oh, oh do you really think I have the greatest talent in the world? Well, certainly. Rochester, Dennis Day, Mary Livingston. <laughs> oh, oh, I see. And now I've got a big thrill for you. I have your program for next Sunday night all planned. You have? Yes. It'll be the new and entertaining Jack Benny program featuring George Burns, California's answer to Frank Sinatra. <laughs> I, look, I, I can't do it, Gracie. I mean, I can't allow George to sing. Well, shall I call the papers and tell them about the beauty shop? He sings, he sings, he sings. <laughs> now, listen to the way I have the program all worked out. You're the star, so of course you come out first. Thank you. Your line is, Hello. And then George comes out for his opening number. I just say hello. Well, we could make it hello, everybody. No, no, I don't want to hog the whole show. <laughs> well, then George sings his second number, and back you come again. Good. To good. announce George's next number. I hope my throat stands up. And then right after that, Dennis Day comes in. Dennis Day? Yes. Well, doesn't George do all the singing? Well, yes, but I thought you might want a few laughs on the program. Oh, yeah, I'll be glad to have them. I will, yes. And then as soon as George finishes his next number, I'll come... Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. Gracie, George can't sing the whole program. I mean, he's not that good. I know music, you know, I'm a musician. You are? Well, I play the violin, don't I? <laughs> well, don't I? <laughs> You're cute. <laughs> Look, Gracie, all that oh, I'm... Why, Jack Benny... Hello, George. How's the juggling game? I'm not a juggler. Why doesn't everybody stop with that? Oh, now, dear, don't get excited. Jack has some marvelous news for you. Tell him, Jack. Jack. I think I'll go call the papers. All right, all right. I'll tell him. Oh, good. I'll run out and make some coffee. Well, Jack, what is it you want to tell me? Well, first, first, I'd like to remind you that you're my dearest friend, George. And you're my dearest friend, Jack. I mean, you're even more than a friend to me, George. You're even more than a friend to me, Jack. I love you. I love you like a brother, George. I love you like a brother, Jack. I mean, I'd never do anything to hurt you, George. Thanks. Wait a minute. I'll try that again. <laughs> I'd never do anything to hurt you, George. I said thanks. George, look, I mean, I wouldn't louse you up if you had a comedy program. If I had a comedy program. <laughs> I mean, look, you're my dearest look, friend. Look, Jack, wh what's the news, I Jack? mean, you're even more the, than the, a friend the, to me. The news, Jack. Look, what's the news? What pals we've always been, uh, The news, Jack. You have some news for me. Look, remember the time in Cincinnati when you were broke and I gave you $10? It was Cleveland, Jack, and I gave you $20. <laughs> Well, I had the state right. It was Ohio. 
<laughs> yeah, the news, Jack. What's this news you have for me? Well, yes. Well, dear, did Jack tell you the news? No, not yet. He's been he's been leading up to it by the way of Cleveland, Cincinnati. <laughs> Jack, I'll bet Little Abner won't be the funniest thing in the paper tomorrow. <laughs> oh, all right, George. Look, I want you to sing on my radio program. Why, Jack Benny? Now, now, don't be really? hasty, George. I mean, don't don't jump at it. Uh, think it over for the duration. <laughs> I don't have to. I'll sing a dozen songs for you, pal, and it won't cost you a cent. For free? Sure. No, no, no. no I, I can't think of it that way. Well, all right, then you can pay me. No, I can't think of it that way either. <laughs> I know what's making Jack hesitate, dear. He hasn't heard you sing recently. Sing ain't Mr. Hayden for you. Sure, glad to. Well, sit down, Jack. No, I'll take it standing up. <laughs> now, come on, dear. No one to talk with all by myself. No one to walk with I'm happy on the shelf. Hey, misbehaving, saving all my love off. Oh, baby, love you. Really saving love for you. <laughs> he doesn't juggle at all. <laughs> no. I know for certain you're the one I love. I'm through it flirting. It's you that I'm thinking of. Hey, misbehaving, saving all my love for. Oh, baby, my love for you. Jack, what makes you think he's a juggler? He must be. <laughs> Jackie Horner. In the corner, don't go nowhere, and I don't care all your kisses that you gave me, baby. Daddy, daddy, daddy. I might be blood and guts, but that's just guts. I don't stay out late and I don't care to go. I'm home about it, me and my radio. Hey, misbehaving, saving all my love for. You. Well, Jack? Gracie, call the newspaper. <laughs> I'm Felix Mills in his orchestra. Tonight, from Felix's memory album, it's Honeysuckle Rose.
I see. You know something? I got the impression that Jack Benny didn't like my singing. Oh, George, that's silly. Didn't you hear him tell me to call the newspapers? He wants to give them a big story about you. Yeah, but I noticed that while I was singing, he, he kind of turned green. Oh, well, of course, of course he turned green. You sang exactly like John McCormick. Oh, so that's what well, it was. Well, sure. Now, I'll go in and talk to Jack. You stay here and spray your precious little adenoids. Okay. From time to time and every time. Jack. Yeah? Well, naturally, you were joking before when you told me to call the newspapers, weren't you? Not me, Gracie. Look, I'd rather have everybody know I was in a beauty shop than have Sugar Throat smell up my program. <laughs> well, I'm warning you. I'll phone the paper. Phone them. This is my last warning, Jack. Go ahead. I'll phone the paper. Phone them. This is my last warning, Jack. Go ahead. I'll phone the paper. Phone them. This is my last warning, Jack. Go ahead. I'll phone the paper. For Pete's sake, phone them. No, Jack, no, I can't. I'm too fine, too decent. I can't stoop to blackmail when I see it isn't working. Now, now, please don't think I'm a heel, Gracie. I'm... Gee, I'm kind of animals, I'm fond of children, but I, I just don't like George's voice. Oh, you're fond of children, huh? I love them. <sighs> Poor little Junior. Poor little who? Junior. He'd be so proud if he knew that his daddy had sung on the Jack Benny program. Gracie, you mean... Yes. George and I are parents now. He's the father and I'm the mother. <laughs> Gee whiz, I, I can't believe it. How, when did it happen? Well, I don't remember exactly. We were so excited at the time. <laughs> well, I'll be darned. Good old George has a baby. It hardly seems possible. Yes. I was amazed when George told me. <laughs> I just can't get over it, Gracie. I'm so happy for you. So happy for George. Who does the kid look like? Like me. I'm so happy for the kid. <laughs> Say, could I, could I see him? I'm crazy about kids. Really, Jack? Oh, sure. I mean, many of the time I bought a bag of candy and blew up the bag to amuse a kid. <laughs> Imagine good old George, a father. Well, you can do something awfully nice for Junior. Let his father sing on your program. Gracie, I'm mad about children. No, that... please, Jack. The baby adores you. When you're on the air, he lies in his crib, gurgling with his little foot in his mouth. When Fred Allen's on, he puts his foot in his ear. He <laughs> what a smart little rascal. Oh, I know you'll do it for Junior. I can look in your sensitive blue eyes and tell that you won't disappoint him. They are blue, aren't they? <laughs> All right, George can sing one song, just for the baby. Well, let him sing two songs. We're expecting another one. <laughs> really? Yes. Good old George. <laughs> Did I hear somebody call me? No, we were talking about you. Gracie told me everything. Congratulations, George. You mean I can sing a song on your program? Yes, sir, you deserve it. Gracie tells me there's going to be another one. Well, two would be fine if it's all right with you. <laughs> well, why not? Have you picked out a name for the second one? Would you like Moon Glow? <laughs> moon Glow Burns. <laughs> well, 
look at, won't that be just a little too corny? Oh, I don't think so, Jack. You know, while you were away, I took a few lessons from Crosby. <laughs> You did? Yes. Now, George, I know Jack's in a hurry. Yeah, yes, I'll be going. But, George, first, can I see the nursery? Well, Jack... The nursery? Hiya, folks. What goes on? Oh, Bill, am I glad to see you. Bill, I just heard the news. Now, why didn't you tell me that George and Gracie had a... Yes, Bill. Why didn't you tell Jack what George and I had? Well, what did you have? An idea for you to announce Jack's program, and George sings at it. Huh? But I'm... Oh, well, that's a great idea, Jack. I'd be glad to. Now, wait a minute. I have an announcer, Don Wilson. Well, okay, you can have two announcers. Don Wilson is two announcers. <laughs> but Don can't announce your program, Jack. He doesn't know anything about Swan Soap. Swan Soap? Well, sure. He doesn't know that Swan is the new white floating soap that's four soaps in one. The soap for dishes, light laundry, bathing the baby, or for your hands and face. Don doesn't know that. Well, I could teach him. I mean, what am I saying? I don't sell soap. I... I sell grape nuts flakes. Well, but, but that's ridiculous, Jack. Can you bathe a baby with grape nuts flakes? <laughs> well, I wouldn't want to answer that until I've talked to my sponsor. <laughs> well, I can... They're very resourceful, you know. Well, I they can... They may be working on that right now. <laughs> well, I can tell you the doctors recommend Swan for bathing the baby. Swan is so mild it's kind even to a little baby's tender skin. Pure as fine Castiles, too, so you know it must be great for your complexion. Gee, bathing a baby. Do you ever bathe that little darling of yours, George? Don't be silly. We take showers. <laughs> uh-huh. He, he means us. But the swan is great for bathing the baby. Oh, yes, and Gracie breaks it in two, so she can... Breaks it in two? <laughs> Well, sure, Jack. Swan breaks in two, so you can use half in the kitchen for your dishes and light laundry and half in the bathroom for the baby or for your tub or shower. Oh, well, look, Bill, don't bother to tell me about Swan so because I'm just using George on my program, not you. You see, I'm only doing it for Junior. Junior? Well, yes, George. That's what Jack calls you because you're so much younger than Jack. <laughs> no, no, look, I mean the baby. The baby? Well, yes, that's what he calls me because... I'm so much younger than you. No, Gracie, look, I'm talking about your child. Child? Well, goodbye, Jack. See you at rehearsal Sunday. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Gracie, what does he mean, our child? Oh, dear. I knew there was something I forgot to tell you. <laughs> we haven't got a child. You... Well, so that's it, Gracie. Just to get George on my program, you invented a baby. Oh, no, I can't take credit for that. They were invented years ago. <laughs> Don't try to get out of it. I don't want to sing on the radio if I have to get on by tricks. Now apologize to Jack. I'm sorry, Jack. And don't ever do a thing like that again. I won't, dear. Ever, understand? Yes, dear. Come on, Jack. I'll walk you down to the corner. My goodness, George, what you go through with a name. <laughs> uh, hello? Hello, Fipper? This is Gracie. Uh, would you and Molly let George sing in your program next week? Yeah, I know you've got a singer, but I thought you might do it for Junior. Yes, you see, we just had a baby. George and Grace will be right back, and I'm just going to be here long enough to remind you that the government needs your waste kitchen fats more than ever before. 
I know sometimes it's a lot of trouble to render the extra fat you trim from meat and to strain all your waste fats from roasting and frying. Those waste fats are so urgently needed for making glycerin. That glycerin is so necessary for making ammunition that I know you won't mind doing whatever you can. So don't forget, huh? Turn those waste fats into your butcher and keep turning them in. Well, here they are again, those ever-loving Burnses, George and Gracie. Well, George, I've got some wonderful news. Little McGee wants you to sing on his program. Really? Yes. And when he comes over to close the deal, will you sort of fold this napkin into a triangle? Why? And, well, for some silly reason, he thinks we have a baby. Again? Good night, folks. Good night. <laughs> Makers of Swan, the new white protein soap, join George and Gracie in inviting you to tune in to your Columbia station again next week, same time. Don't forget, George Burns and Gracie Allen, CBS next Tuesday night. And now till next week, this is Bill Goodwin saying, well, I, Swan, how about you? Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's another episode of the Damon Runyon Theater, followed by Dragnet. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.